Amen. And I really do believe that. This evening, I know I spoke this morning on God's um, wonderful grace. And the Lord has been showing me a few things through his scripture. Tonight, I'd like to preach to you for a few moments on God's great mercy. On God's wonderful grace to God's great mercy. I don't know about you, but I sure am thankful for the mercy of God. Amen. If you'll look with me just briefly, and, and we've already prayed, pastors prayed, I'm just going to read the text and get on to preaching tonight, but here in the book of Lamentations in chapter 3, down to verse, verse 22, the Bible says this, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What the sad thing is, a lot of people don't know that that song is based on this scripture, amen. <laughs> Read your Bibles, there's a lot of more stuff based on the scriptures. I think it might shock you, hallelujah, what you'll find in the word of God as you read the word of God. But great is thy faithfulness, he says, and I tell you what, uh, there, you can't, God is the one who is faithful. Now, let me read a couple things to you. The first time that mercy shows up in the word of God, it shows up as the word merciful, and if you, if you think about this, you'll know the story real quick. Lot, when Lot is in the city of Sodom, Gomorrah, and, and, uh, and God sends the angels in, and, and they, they come down to Lot, and they tell him that God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and you need to leave. And the Bible says this in Genesis nineteen sixteen. it says, And while he lingered, why would we want to linger? God's mercy is so great. Why would we want to linger in sin? Why would we want to linger around sin? Why would we want to even be involved to that point where it would just make us think that if I just stay a little bit longer, if I just hang on just a little bit more, then, then maybe I can change the situation. And I don't know if that was what was in Lot's mind. I'm not sure. But I know that he lingered, the Bible says. And watch what it says. It says, and, 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 um, and the men laid hold upon his hand and the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. I believe these angels, one grabbed the hand of him and her and the other one grabbed the hand of the two daughters. And it says, uh, the Lord being merciful unto him. Even when he lingered, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. The next time you see the word show up is just three verses later. In verse 19 of the same text, Genesis 19, it says, Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. Now he's arguing with God. Because you remember they say, go, to the, go up into the mountain. He says, I can't go to the mountain. He says, thou hast magnified, uh, thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in, in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Doesn't he think that God is full of mercy and spared him from Solomon more? Can't the same God spare him if he went to the mountain like he was told to start with? Well, he just turned his back on God. So he strikes a, a deal with God. Send me down to the city of Zor. Let me go down there. Let me, let me make that my dwelling place. And, and don't send me to the mountain. And they agree to go ahead and let them do that. And then the third time you see it is in Genesis 32, verse 10. 
I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. Remember Jacob talking as the split into two bands. It says, and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. He said, but I'm not worthy of the least of thy mercies. The smallest little bit, I'm not worthy. And let me let me say this to you. If you think you're worth the grace or the mercy of God, my friend, we're not worthy of anything. But he's worthy to be praised and to be thanked for what he's done in our lives. If you would look up the word mercy, I love my, I love my, I love a strong concordance, but I love my Webster's 1828, brother, amen. Just blesses my heart when I read it and and uh, you, if you don't have one, get one, amen. They're not that expensive. You spend a little bit of money, but it'll help you in your study of the Bible. Webster's 18.28 does this on the word mercy. You know, there's many definitions, but it's got a lengthy definition. It says, that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart, which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. We've been treated better than we deserve, yes. Amen. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than the law or justice will warrant. In this sense, there is perhaps no word in our English language precisely synonymous with the word mercy. The word which comes the closest to the word mercy would be the word grace that we looked at this morning. The closest word. It implies benevolence, tenderness, mildness, pity or compassion, clemency, but exercise only towards offenders, those who have offended a holy God will that mercy apply. And when you offend, and we have mercy in our lives, don't get that wrong, but don't apply to you, my friend. You offended God, you cried out to him, you received his grace through faith, and he applies mercy to you and to me. Mercy is, we talked about this morning, grace, uh, 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 what we don't deserve, amen, at all. You don't deserve grace, I don't deserve grace. And, and mercy is, is God, giving, uh, God uh, giving to us something greater just because of his grace and because of, his, because of who he is. Extends his mercy to you and extends his mercy to me. He says, he says, as to be at the mercy of a foal or as to be at the mercy of the waves. Now, I don't quote Charles Haddon Spurgeon a whole lot, but there's some things he said sometimes that was pretty good. He made this statement. He said, God's mercy is so great. It's just so great that it forgives, he says, great sins to great sinners after great lengths of time. <laughs> if you were saved later in life, you understand that statement very well, amen. And he says, and then gives great favors and great privileges and raises us up uh, to great enjoyments in the great heaven of the great God. Then he goes on to say, as John Bunyan well says, and if anybody understood the grace and the mercy of God, I believe it was John Bunyan. If you've never read The Pilgrim's Progress, pick up a copy and read it. It'll bless your heart. As John Bunyan well says, he states this. He says, it must be great mercy or 
no mercy. For little mercy will never serve my turn. Great mercy that God has. He said it was just a, he said, little mercy couldn't do it. He said it had to be great mercy. The Lord in Numbers chapter 14, the Bible says that the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty. Otherwise, when you receive Christ as your Savior and trust him in a personal way, and just because somebody else is doing what's good, God's not going to clear him until he accepts the grace of God by faith and applies that mercy to his life that God is giving to him. Now, I want to show you a couple of things back in this text. It was all introduction. I want to look back in our text with this. Number one, if you go back to verse 18 with me, I want to show you this. There is mercy when we despair. You ever despaired? Just, you know, I mean, you just, I'm talking about, and you were just down because of the circumstances, illness maybe, pastor, and, 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 and the things that you go through in your life as a child of God. And, and he says he says that uh, in verse 18, look what he says. He says, and I said, and remember Jeremiah being the writer of, of Lamentations, and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Oh, as he's saying, there's nothing. It's gone. It's finished. It's done. My strength, my hope. Can you imagine not having any? any now, you, you've probably been through some difficult times, but I don't know if I've ever come to the place, Pastor, where I said, I have no hope. You know, I, I have realized that I have no strength, amen, uh, that it's, it's some areas are done, but I, I don't know if I've ever come where I, uh, young Joel, where I said there's no hope. That I have nothing to trust in anymore because I have the greatest hope, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 2, it says, Then Pastor smote Jeremiah, uh, Pastor the son of the high priest smote Jeremiah because Jeremiah was prophesying out against Israel and telling them they're going to go into the captivity and that they deserve everything they get. And what happens to you is your own doing and you brought this upon yourselves. And then they were standing up, the other prophets were standing up and saying, That's not true. He's not telling you the truth. God's not going to put you into captivity. He's not. God's not going to destroy you. And so he slapped Jeremiah, the Bible says, so smote him and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin which was by the house of the Lord and then after Jeremiah was released from the stocks he spoke out again against Judah in Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 it says then I said after he spoke out again you know they're gonna get ready to put him into the pit but he spoke out again and he said and then I said I will not make mention of him you think Jeremiah was despairing to that point where he said, I'm, I won't make mention of him. I'm done talking about the Lord. I, I, I've never been there. I'll never say I'll never go there, but I've never been there. I hope I never go there. Amen. So he says, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more his name in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shot up in me, in, excuse me, in my, and uh, I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I could not help but talk about him. 
I remember going to the hospital for open heart surgery, and uh, you, you, you can't help. I mean, you're laying there, and you're sick, brother, or you're, you're out, or you're under anesthesia, you know, and, and uh, they always have a hard time waking me up from that anesthesia. I think I like it too much, amen. No, I don't know, but they always have a hard time waking me up. Then they tell you to breathe, and you got a tube down your throat. How can you breathe with a stinking tube down your throat? Uh, uh, you know, then they rip it out, then you can breathe again. I mean, it's bad shape, amen. But I can remember going in for open-heart surgery and, and just the thoughts that were in my mind. And Because I'm always laughing, always joking. You don't tell everything to everybody. You know, but uh, I remember going into the operating room and uh, the doctor walking in and the anesthesiologist walking in. And I just remember thanking God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Might be my last breath I'll take, but thank you. Uh, you can despair pretty easy if you're not careful. You need to make sure you stay on up and up with God. In Jeremiah 37, you see Jeremiah in prison. You think Jeremiah despaired in prison? Jeremiah 37, the next very next verse, you see him in the dungeon of the prison where they took him and they, they set him down in, in that pit. The Bible says they lowered him down with ropes. And it says he, he sinks in the mire. And I get to thinking of, of sinking in the mire. I don't, I don't think it was ankle deep. I don't think it was knee deep. I get to thinking that was a nasty, nasty place. And I got a feeling he was probably chest deep, depending on where your chest is on your age, amen, men, you know. Our chest used to be up here, and now it's in our drawers, amen. <laughs> it's fallen. You got that disease, you know, chest and drawers disease. But, well, I guess they call that furniture's disease, amen. So, But I believe that mire was deep, and Jeremiah's in that mire. Do you think he despaired just a little bit? And here he makes a statement, and I said my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. The next thing I want you to look at with me, there's mercy when you despair, and then there's mercy when we can't forget. How many of you remember some things maybe, you, you know, he places it as far as the east is from the west, puts it in the bottom of the deepest sea. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? But aren't there things, you know that he has forgiven you, but are not there things from your past that still come up to your mind that bother you? That you might even think, how could I do something that wicked? How could I even uh, uh, think about that? I'm talking about before you were saved. Things that maybe before you were saved that you did that you were involved in uh, that, that have weighed heavy on you. We don't forget. He forgets. And we have to remind ourselves continually that he puts it as far as the east from the west, bomb of the deepest sea, never remember it anymore. He has forgiven you by his grace, and there is mercy when we can't forget. By the way, there's mercy when we can't forgive ourselves. Psalm 61, 2 says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. The song you sang, I think, was it Sunday school this morning, Pastor? You sang that, Psalm 61? Yeah. He said, From the end of the earth I will cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, because I cannot do it myself, Lord. When I'm overwhelmed, you ever been overwhelmed? When I'm overwhelmed, God, I need your mercy. I need your strength. Get me out of the way and put yourself in front of me to help me to follow you and obey you. 
that I might be strengthened by you and by you alone. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. And Psalm 143, 4 says, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I think David knew a little bit about being overwhelmed. I think David knew a little bit about being in despair. I think David knew a little bit about some struggles in his life, amen, and some things that he had been involved in as a, as a man of God, as a man that was after God's own heart. David was not exempt from difficulties or hardships or problems, and neither are you. Boy, when we despair in them, and when we, we remember them and bring them up and drag them up, that's when we're going to have a difficult time. There's been years, brother, I've preached in my home uh, town area in five or six different churches within a, within a half hour to an hour where I grew up. And, and for years, I, here's what I feared for years. I didn't do some people good in my hometown, brother. I hurt many people back before I was saved. I'm not proud of that. And I made a, I made a, I made a, a decision in my heart that when I run into them, and if I ever get to see them again, the first words out of my mouth is, "Will you please forgive me for how I treated you? Will you please forgive me for what I've done?" And one of the biggest fears I've had is that somebody coming into the meetings where I'm preaching, and just cutting loose about some things I've done to them in the past. I tell you what, why? Because I can't forget. But I know God has forgiven. He says in the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 1, Woe is me. Woe is me. For I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the grape gleanings of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. I can't forget, so sometimes I have a tendency to want what what is the best for me, looking for that first ripe fruit. And I need to realize it's there all the time. It's in Jesus Christ. That I might have what he would have for me and have for you as a child of God. Well, there's mercy when we despair, and there's mercy when we can't forget. And then there is the remembrance of mercy. I want you to see this in verse 21. In fact, in verse 19, and beginning in verse 19, look with me if you will. He says this again. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. This I recall to my what? His mercy. Remembrance of his mercy, I call this to my mind, the wormwood and the gall, the things that I had in me, the things that I had been involved in. I remember the mercy of God. you remember God's mercy in your life? Do you remember when he's merciful to you, a sinner, and he called upon you, and you put your faith and trust in him by calling upon him and asking him to forgive you for your sin and to save you by his grace, asking him to save you? To bring you to that place that you could grow in his grace and that you could be what he would have you to be. His great mercy, his wonderful mercy, his tremendous mercy, this mercy he wants to extend to you. I don't know how you are, but when we were kids, we used to play a game called mercy. Anybody in here play that game? Oh, I can see Rob playing that. I can't, I can't see you playing that game. 
I don't know how you I don't know how you played it, but we used to we used to get each other down, the guys would, and we get our knees on their shoulders and they couldn't move. And we take our knuckle right there and we'd start right there in that same spot, right there, and we go like this. You talk about torture. Until it would bring tears to their eyes, or until they'd cry, Mama. Grandma, we don't care what they cried, but it was mercy, amen. They were giving up. They had to give up, amen, to get that mercy from us. What was bad if you cried mercy or something and just kept on going? Ain't loud enough, amen. They want everybody in the school to hear that. But we were wicked, man. Can I tell you this? God is not on his throne seeing how much you can take. That's not God. And you need to remember his mercy and his grace in your life. Now, when you start to go through a difficult time, a hardship, a hard time in your life, that you got a God that you call on, and he's not beating you up seeing how much you can take. That's not my God. Because, we, uh, because of his mercies, we, he tells us in verse 21 again there, this I call to my mind, therefore have I hope. Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because of his mercies, I am not totally destroyed in this life or in the next. I would be if I didn't know him as my Savior. And you would be if you don't know him as your Savior. He said, because his compassions fail not. Because of his mercies, his compassions fail not. His tender care, the idea of compassions fail not, is the idea of a mother taking care of her newborn baby. You ever watch a mother with a newborn baby? Uh, I don't know about you, but I remember when our children our children were born. And I remember the just the, the tender care. You know, a dad, I don't know, you know, I would I would hold him like this, say, Woohoo, you know, just out of the right out of the womb, just throw him up and he wanted to laugh or play or something, you know, and you know, it's like you buy your son a baseball glove and a bat and he's just come home from the hospital, doesn't know anything about it, you think you're a goofy fella, amen. But his mercy, his compassions, that's the idea of that tender care. He said, Boy, his compassions fail not. And because of his mercies, the Bible says here that we um, can face tomorrow. They are new every morning. Every morning, his mercies are new to you. Every morning. Every morning when you wake up and the first thing you see, well, if you've got a mirror there, you might not want to look at it first thing, but the first thing, the first thing in your mind, maybe we just ought to do this. Lord, thank you for your mercies. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another day. Thank you, God, for your grace and just and your love and God just for the mercy that you've shown in my life. Just thank you, God. Sometimes we think of mercies as blessings, you know. Uh, sometimes it's a thing God brings our way. And I got to thinking about that word blessing one time. And I thought about this when you sang that song. I was thinking about this down here again tonight, brother. That this, when you hear that song, uh, when you hear uh, about the blessings of God, what we see. And you're right, you'll never be able to add them all up down here. But I thought about this one time. I wonder if when I get to heaven, I, I can't wait to gaze on Jesus, amen. <laughs> But I wonder if when I get to heaven, Pastor, 
as if if we if there's just going to be it doesn't say it'll happen. But I just thought this that if we if we look backwards, if we just look backwards from there, and we would see all the blessings that we had no idea about that God has brought our way in our life, man. I'm just wondering if we just look back and if we'll just see all the mercies that God extend to us that we have no idea about. How many times did he spare us because of his mercy? How many times when we deserved his wrath that he gave us Jesus and mercy? Gave us that grace that we might continue doing what's right as a child of God. And then if you look at the end of that verse 22 or 23, he says, he says, they are new every morning, and because of his mercy, we have, con- because of his, excuse me, his continued mercy, <clears throat> and, and, well, let me just back up this way. Can I make, before I finish that statement, let me say it this way. God's mercy is not dependent upon my faithfulness. Now, that almost goes against the grain. But the Bible says here, Great is thy faithfulness. Not my faithfulness, but thy faithfulness. We have continued mercy because, not because I'm faithful, but because he's faithful. If it was based on my faithfulness, if if his mercy is based on my faithfulness, there would be very little of it in my life. There would be very little of it in your life. If it was based on what you could do, if his mercy is based on what you can do, you would not have very much mercy. But it's based on what he has done and what he does. Great is thy, that's him, faithfulness. Hmm. And then not only is there mercy when we despair, not only is there mercy when we can't forget, not only is there the remembrance of mercy, what he has done, but there is mercy because he's rich in mercy. Look at Ephesians with me in chapter 2. <clears throat> Ephesians and chapter 2 in your Bible. And he makes this statement, Ephesians and chapter 2, verse 4. I believe I read this verse this morning. I think it's chapter 2 and verse 4 this morning, I, I think. But uh, he says, but God who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us. God who is rich in his mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. It's interesting. That word rich there. I know a pastor. I know a couple of millionaires that I've met over the years. They don't do anything for the Lord. But a couple I've met over the years. They call themselves Christians. But I wonder about them. Amen. I'm talking about three or four of them that I've had the privilege of knowing. Uh, over the years, and uh, you know, I, I don't understand why they don't want to take care of things in their church like they ought to. If they're a member of the church, and they ought to give their tithe to the local church rather than hoarding it in the bank. Amen. I guess that's what I believe the Bible says. And uh, so Ephesians, Ephesians chapter two, we talk about God is rich. And by the way, even Bill Gates, I think he's the sick, second richest man in the world today. He used to be the first. I think he's down to number two now. But you know that could all he could lose it all tonight. It could be gone, completely annihilated, completely have absolutely nothing when he gets out of bed tomorrow morning. This word rich means wealthy. 
God will never run out. It means more than enough mercy. Not just enough. You ever had a paycheck where you said, I just had enough to pay the bills? Anybody like that besides me in here? Things have been tight. I, I just squeaked it by, but I had enough. Amen. No, that's not God. He's got more than enough. He's got more than enough mercy for every man, woman, child, ever born upon the planet Earth. More than enough. That's God's mercy. He's rich in mercy. It means more than enough for the world. More than enough for the drunk. More than enough for the drug addict. More than enough for the thief. More than enough for the check forger. More than enough for the murderer, the child abuser, the adulterer, the fornicator, the pedophile, the backbiter, the talebearer, the troublemaker, the church splitter. For the man, lady, child that thinks that they are all right, there's more than enough mercy even for them. There's a lot of people in our world think that they're all right. That they don't need God. They think, I can make it on my own. Boy, are they going to be sadly mistaken one day when they wake up in eternal hell. Boy, are they going to be sadly mistaken if they, once the rapture of the church takes place and they end up here for that seven and a half year, or seven years. I said seven and a half, didn't I? Seven, I'm, and I'm not adding to it, brother, nor taking away, amen. That seven years here, you know, what a, what a sad statement that will be for them. But there's more than enough mercy if they would just simply believe God. More than enough. There's more than enough for you tomorrow morning when you go to the doctor's office. There's more than enough tomorrow for you when you go to work. There's more than enough mercy. There's more than enough mercy, listen to this, for your neighbor (laughs) to talk to about Jesus. There's more than enough for your neighbor. You say, you don't know my neighbor. Hmm. Well, maybe I, I'll just talk to your neighbor, and they say, well, you don't know my neighbor. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. There's more than enough, the Bible says. It's never too late. It's never too late in a Christian's life, nor in an unbeliever's life, until they die. Amen. There's, it's never too late as long as they've got breath in their lungs to experience the mercy of God. And sometimes I think what we have done as believers in Jesus Christ, we have pushed God away so far, so many times, for so long, it just becomes, it becomes second nature to us. In fact, it almost becomes first nature to us, and God almost becomes second nature because we've denied his mercy in our lives for so long. And we think, oh God, you, you know, I've done this, and God, you must hate me for that. No, he hates the sin. He hates the sin, but he loves you. You say, but Brother Mike, you don't know what I've done as a born-again believer. No, and and neither would I want to know. But God already knows. And if you still got breath in your lungs, you can still ask forgiveness as a child of God. And he'll still forgive you. I don't care what you've done. God is a God of forgiveness. I was witnessing out here one time. I don't know if I've ever shared this here before, but years ago, I was in New Britain, Connecticut. And I was witnessing to a man there that pulled up in a Parsonage parking lot or Parsonage driveway, and I had my trailer parked there. And he gets out of his car, and I walk up to him, and I just begin to talk to him. He's asking some questions. I'm going to make a long story short here. And um, 
I started witnessing to him the gospel. And I said, can I share some things with you? I said, well, just wait a minute. I went up back to the trailer real quick and grabbed my Bible, grabbed some literature, and came back out to him, opened my Bible, and I stood there and started talking to him about the Lord. On his right arm, he had a tattoo that said Diablos. On his left arm, he had a tattoo that said Nomads, the Nomads, Diablos Nomad Motorcycle Gang out of that area over there in New Britain, New, Hart- New Britain and Hartford area. And um, I got to witnessing to him. He just got out of prison, brother. Got to sharing the gospel with him, tell him about Jesus Christ, tell him that there was enough. And, and he could not believe that there was enough mercy for God to forgive him. Stood there weeping, would not get saved. Broke my heart. I talked to him for probably a half hour to 45 minutes or maybe a little bit longer, giving him the gospel of Jesus Christ. He walked away that day not knowing Christ as a Savior. I hope maybe he got saved later on. I don't know. Gave him some literature to read. Gave him some other things. But can I tell you what? There was enough mercy for him. Here's what he would tell me. You don't know what I have done in my life. I said, isn't that amazing? And I smiled. He looked at me and he said, what? I said, you don't know what I've done in my life. But God has forgiven me. And he can forgive you. Because his mercy never runs out. His mercy is never too little. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Great. Because it's God. And it's a great mercy. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I just need to ask a couple of questions again. I know this is a Sunday night crowd and Probably everybody in here knows Christ is their Savior. But I wouldn't feel right if I didn't ask you this. Are you sure that you're born again? 100% sure that you're a child of God? Maybe tonight you'd do this for me. If you say, Mike, I know I'm saved. I know, I know it without a shadow of a doubt. Stick your hand up in the air. I know it without it. Hold them up just for just a minute. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. I know I'm saved. Amen. You can put them down. It looks like to me, maybe other than one or two of the youngest ones, it looks like every hand went up. Um, But if you're not sure yet, would you make sure tonight, please? Is there anybody right now who say, Mike, I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't put my hand up. I didn't see it if you didn't, but maybe you just put it up right now and say, I'm not sure, but I want to make sure tonight. Anybody at all like that right now? Say, I want to make sure I'm saved. Make sure I'm born again. Make sure I've applied the grace through faith and the mercy of God in my life. Anybody at all tonight like that? Say, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm born again. Second question, I don't see any hands is this, Brother Mike, would you pray for me? Because there are some areas where I have struggled with the mercy of God in my life. Would you just pray for me tonight? How about it right now? Just slip your hand up and say, that's me. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number of hands. You can put them down. Anybody else like that tonight? Just be honest with me. Amen. I've been honest with you. Be honest with me tonight. Others in there tonight that would slip up your hand and say, pray for me. Uh, because the Lord spoke to my heart tonight, maybe about the mercy of God in my own life. Anybody else tonight? And I will pray for you. God bless you, brother. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else tonight? 
But Father, I thank you for these who slipped up their hand, Father. Again, you know the heart, Lord, as only you can see it, Father. We can see what's on the outside. We can see the uplift of the hand. But God, I'm glad it doesn't go by what we see. I'm glad it goes by what you know. And Father, how that you minister to us through your grace and your love and your forgiveness and your mercy in our lives. Father, help us not to forget your mercy that we would grow in your grace and, and have this mercy working in us continually, Father. We would accept what you want for each one of us. And God, that you would have all the glory and all the honor. And that you might be magnified upon high. And dear God, I'll give you the praise and the thanks. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And our sisters at the piano for a few moments. The Lord spoke to your heart tonight. Why don't you slip out right now and just come. Come on. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. You just slip out and come. God spoke to your heart tonight. You slip out and come. If you're not sure about your salvation, why don't you just come down and uh, just look at the preacher and tell, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Get it settled. Get it settled. The Lord spoke to your heart. Why don't you come and join these who have already come up here this evening. Let God do in your heart and your life what he wants to do his way, not yours, because great is thy faithfulness.